What is up guys, it is Quinn here. Welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. In today's video, I'm gonna be continuing my Dynasty Football Rankings. So in yesterday's video, I went through my top 30 quarterbacks. Today, it is going to be my top 30 running backs. And while you guys are watching, if you're enjoying the content, just do me a huge favor, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. And I'm not gonna be going super in depth on every player, just kind of running through my overall rankings, you know, for the running backs. And then I will focus in on a few players that I just think I'm either way higher or way lower on than consensus. And I'm using Keep Trade Cut to kind of get an idea of average ADP. It's a crowdsourced uh, dynasty fantasy football website. So keeptradecut.com if you want to check that out. But let's just jump right into the rankings, starting off here at number one. I actually haven't seen one person in the dynasty community who does not have Jonathan Taylor at number one. He is a stud running back, very, very young, heading into just his third season. So he is clearly locked in as my number one. At number two, I have Christian McCaffrey, and I'm definitely higher on him than consensus. He is going as the RB6 on keep trade cut. So if I was in a dynasty startup, even though personally I value CMC as like a borderline first round pick, I wouldn't be drafting him there because that's not where the consensus value is. So I'd be trading back more mid second, late second, because he's going kind of like at that two, three turn in dynasty startups. So I wouldn't draft him as the RB2 because the value just isn't right there. But for me, he is an elite win now asset. He's still 25, turning 26 soon. So he is a few years older than some of the other running backs, you know, going around him in this range. But he has shown his ceiling that just no other running back can currently compete with. Other guys who have come even a little bit close to his ceiling, it's guys like Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, and those players are in the same age range. You know, it's not like uh, Jonathan Taylor, Najee Harris, Javante Williams. Those guys have not shown the same ceiling as Christian McCaffrey. So that is why he is coming in here at number two. And despite the recent injuries, I still believe, you know, if he can stay healthy, which is a big if, he should have like three more elite running back seasons if he is able to stay healthy. But even after that, he's not one of these running backs that I think is going to be like driven into the ground because he is such a great pass catcher. So he can still produce, you know, for fantasy into year 29, 30, maybe even like 31, 32, because he is such a great pass catcher. He's basically a wide receiver at running back, which I think can definitely help prolong his career. Now, moving on to number three, this is where I have Najee Harris. He is a little bit older than some of these, you know, young running backs. He's 24 years old heading into his sophomore year. So definitely older than, you know, DeAndre Swift, Javante Williams, those guys but he is going to be a workhorse. He's going to be a stud. DeAndre Swift here at number four, great pass catcher. Another one of these great young running backs. Number five, Javante Williams, just behind DeAndre Swift and Najee Harris, because he is not clearly the workhorse there with the Broncos. But I think Melvin Gordon will be gone after this year, and then he can really step up and take over. At number six, it is going to be rookie running back Brees Hall. Even though he hasn't played a game yet in the NFL, He's just such a solid prospect. I really don't hate this landing spot to the Jets. I feel like it's an up-and-coming offense. I'm really not concerned about Michael Carter. I know a lot of people are concerned that he's going to be taking the receiving work. I really just don't think there's one thing that Michael Carter does better as a player than Brees Hall. So I really like Brees Hall here as a mid-tier dynasty running back one. Then at number 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, like 12 here, we're kind of getting into some of these more veteran running backs. So number 7, Joe Mixon. Honestly, I feel like these guys could go in a lot of different orders. They're very kind of similar in terms of age. Mixon comes in here at number seven. 
He's going to have a few more seasons as the Bengals workhorse. Dalvin Cook here at number eight. You know, I feel like people are kind of starting to fade off of Dalvin Cook a little bit. I still think he is an elite fantasy running back one. Number nine, Austin Eckler, kind of same thing. He's going to have a few more high-end RB1 seasons. Alvin Kamara, I actually think, is being undervalued here. And I do understand that it could be because of a possible suspension. But I mean, so if he's missing probably max half a year, I still think he's a value. He's being drafted as the RB14 on keep trade cut. And in general, I just kind of feel like these veteran running backs are being undervalued. There is nothing guaranteed at the running back position. So if I know a guy like Dalvin Cook or Alvin Kamara are going to be like surefire RB1s, you know, for at least this year and hopefully a few more seasons, I'm fine taking the swing on those guys. Obviously, this would be more for if you are a contending team. But if I'm looking at Alvin Kamara, even with that suspension, we're probably looking at like two and a half more you know, mid to high end RB1 seasons. Plus, he's not a running back who has really been driven into the ground with his usage. He's not a guy like Derrick Henry, who's locked into, you know, 250 plus carries every single season. Actually, in 2021, that was his first year he had ever gone over 200 carries. So he's been used very heavily as a receiver, not really as a runner. So I kind of feel like he could have the same arc as Christian McCaffrey, where he can produce maybe into his 30s because he's not going to be totally broken as a runner and is basically a wide receiver out of the backfield. Moving on to number 11, this is where I have Nick Chubb. Another one of these veteran running backs should be giving you a few more solid RB1 seasons. Number 12, I have Saquon Barkley. He's actually a tough player to rank. I am higher on him than consensus, just because we know he has that massive ceiling. The trouble is, you know, I could see the argument, why do you have McCaffrey at number two, Saquon at number 12? You know, when CMC has been injured the last two years, same thing with Saquon. The difference is that when Christian McCaffrey has played, he has looked amazing. Saquon Barkley really struggled towards the end of last year. I do think he's going to bounce back, but it's definitely not a guarantee. It's not a guarantee Christian McCaffrey is going to be, you know, prime CMC again, but we've seen it, whereas Saquon Barkley is kind of going to need a really solid bounce back from his poor end of last year. But if he can, he's going to be a major value here at RB12. Number 13, 14, 15, got some really young guys. Travis Etienne here at 13, still really believe in the talent, even though he missed the entire first year. Number 14, J.K. Dobbins. He's going to be the RB1 there for the Ravens. 15, Kenneth Walker. I may be a little bit lower than consensus on Kenneth Walker. For me, I'm worried about his three-down status. He was someone who did not operate as a pass catcher in college. A lot of people said he could do it, just wasn't asked to do it. But then he goes to the Seahawks, which is a team that really does not involve the running backs uh, as pass catchers. So kind of a tough mix there. So I actually think having him ranked here next to J.K. Dobbins is pretty fair because they're probably going to be playing pretty similar roles on their offense. Just right now, the Ravens have the clear better offensive unit. Number 16, I have Derrick Henry, a complete win now option. You never know when he's going to fall off. He's had so many touches. He is getting close to that year 30 season. But also, you feel like you can just plug him in as a high-end RB1. So if he's on your roster, you're probably going to be riding him until the wheels fall off, which is totally fine if you are on a contending roster. Number 17, David Montgomery. You know, a solid running back, too. Maybe doesn't have, like, the locked-in starter upside that a lot of these players have for the next, like, four or five years because either he's going to have to re-sign with the Bears or go somewhere else. You know, they have new coaching staff, new management. So we don't exactly know how they're feeling about him 
but I still think he's solid locked in here at 17. Number 18, I have Cam Akers, probably lower on Cam Akers than consensus. We all know the upside is there. If he can be a workhorse for the Rams, that is a pretty valuable position to hold. We just don't know if he's going to be back to 100% himself after that Achilles injury. He returned last year, struggled down the stretch, but I mean, that's kind of to be expected. The question is, can he take that jump and get back to where he was here in 2022? At number 19, I have AJ Dillon currently in a committee with Aaron Jones in Green Bay, but I definitely think he is the running back of the future there. I think he's going to see more work this year. Definitely was kind of breaking out as a really solid runner last year. So I think he's going to continue that role. He's going to produce. He's going to be fantasy relevant operating, you know, as the number two guy. Aaron Jones is a few years older than him. He will likely take over when Aaron Jones is done. So I like him here as a back end RB2. At number 20, I have Leonard Fournette. I talked about earlier how I think these veteran running backs are being undervalued. I think the same thing for Leonard Fournette. This year, I view Leonard Fournette in redraft as a top 10 running back. I think he has elite RB1 upside, but he's being drafted as the RB23 in Dynasty. He's not super young, so you understand that ADP. You know, he's 27 years old, but I actually think you look at some of these other dudes, you know, who are going top 10 and kind of in that same range as Leonard Fournette. I just feel like the difference between them is too wide when you're looking at Leonard Fournette heading into this year. You know, he signed a three-year contract this offseason. He has at least one more season with Tom Brady as the workhorse. I'm expecting Brady to be gone after this year. So then he's probably going to have one more year as a lead back. You never know what's going to happen with this quarterback situation. This is going to be a good team. Maybe they're able to bring in another quarterback. But even on a not great offense, if you're a running back operating as a workhorse, you can still produce at an RB1 level. He may not have that elite RB1 upside like we saw last year and hopefully we'll have this year. He's definitely a win now player, but I just think if you're looking at keep trade cut, there are a lot of these younger running backs who are being picked around him, but there's really no guarantee these players ever receive a workhorse role or, you know, ever see one in the first place. So I'd rather take a swing on the guy that we kind of know what we're going to be getting out of him for the next two seasons. And what I'm expecting is very, very solid production from Leonard Fournette. Here at 21, I have Aaron Jones. In that same age range as Fournette, he's going to be playing a solid role in this Packers offense for as long as he's there. But, you know, he's not going to have that workhorse upside that we've seen, you know, the past few seasons. Number 22, Elijah Mitchell produced very, very well as a rookie last year. There's always some skepticism when you're looking at these running backs who break out but are very late picks in the draft. They just don't have that draft capital connected to them, which can make them easier to replace, you know, whether that's, you know, good thinking or good moves on the team's part. We saw that with James Robinson, produced very well as an undrafted free agent. You would think that's the perfect situation. You got your RB1, didn't really have to pay anything for them or spend draft capital. Then they go out, they draft Travis Etienne. So I do like Elijah Mitchell, but I think he's definitely more of a back-end RB2, even though he is very young. 23, we have Ezekiel Elliott. He's kind of a tough player to evaluate here. I feel like he has some clear pros and some clear cons moving forward. The problem is last year, he was not good. You know, if you look at his numbers compared to Tony Pollard, Tony Pollard was the better guy. On the bright side for Zeke, he has a massive contract, so they can't really move off of him. And you kind of can't, you know, have that guy as the RB2. The other thing was that he was injured last year, so I could see him improve his efficiency and just be a better overall player. But he's probably going to be a, you know, really solid fantasy option. 
Maybe he's like a high-end RB2 now, mid-tier RB2, but I think he's definitely going to be a decent producer over the next few seasons. Number 24, I have Josh Jacobs. He's kind of in this weird spot here where they declined his fifth-year option. He's in a crowded Raiders running back room. They drafted Zamir White. You have Kenyon Drake there. I do think they may cut Kenyon Drake, but either way, you know, it doesn't look like Josh Jacobs is in their future plans. So what happens when he moves on or does he resign? You know, but with that uh, Josh McDaniels coming in, like, I don't think this is going to be a workhorse situation for Josh Jacobs. So definitely some uncertainty there. At 25, I have Antonio Gibson. And I do want to talk about Gibson because I currently think he's being overdrafted. He's being selected as the RB19. I really just do not like that price for Antonio Gibson. I was someone who was really excited for him as a prospect and heading into the 2021 season. But I feel like Washington is just telling us everything we need to know about him. They do not want to use him as a three down running back. Even though he has the three down skill set, we saw it in college. He was basically just a wide receiver in college behind Kenneth Gainwell. We've seen him, you know, be a solid early down runner. They just refuse to use him as a workhorse. And so after not receiving the third down work and then the two minute drill work last year, you had JD McKissick taking those opportunities. They didn't even just like bring back McKissick and run the same offense. They went out of their way to draft Brian Robinson in the third round. Antonio Gibson is only 23 years old, but we're looking at two more years of him with Washington, probably giving you like back end RB2 production in a full-on committee with Brian Robinson and J.D. McKissick. And then he's going to be going into free agency, which is basically a crapshoot. So I just don't have a ton of optimism here with Antonio Gibson. And I feel like people are kind of holding on to what they thought he could be when I think we need to kind of reevaluate here because it's clear he is not going to be giving us what we were expecting, you know, a few years ago. And now to finish out the last five, James Conner here at 26, veteran running back who's going to be giving you immediate production could have workhorse upside this season, maybe next year, maybe even three years out. 27, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I kind of still have a little bit of hope here for Clyde. He's someone that I was, I think, uh, very into last year. Faded him as a rookie. He just disappointed both years. There's something there. The dude was a first-round pick. Joe Burrow spoke very, very highly of him. I don't know. I think he had some sort of a medical procedure heading into last year. But either way, there's not a ton of competition here. They brought in Ronald Jones. I still think he's going to be the number one. So maybe he can figure it out. You're not really going to have to pay a premium to get him here. It's like a high-end RB3 option. At 28, I have James Cook. Even though he was a second-round pick, going to a pretty solid landing spot here with the Bills, I just don't know if he projects to anything more than like a third-down back kind of receiving option. We'll see. He just doesn't have that workhorse size. So, you know, a high-end RB3 option, I think, is fair. 29, we have Miles Sanders. He's kind of disappointed the last few years. I still believe he is going to lead this Eagles backfield. So, we'll see if he can get it together here. And then at number 30, this is where I have Kareem Hunt. We don't know what's going on with his situation with the Browns. This spot really could have gone to a few different guys. Maybe you want to throw in like a Damian Harris, a Tony Pollard, maybe even, you know, like a Chase Edmonds. I end up going with Kareem Hunt. You could toss any of those guys in there. Probably best case scenario, he stays with the Browns and operates as like a solid back end RB2, but we'll just have to wait and see on that one. But that is going to wrap up my top 30 dynasty running backs. Let me know what you guys think about these rankings down below in the comment section. As always, thank you for stopping by. I'll be doing the wide receivers and tight ends over the next few days. So thank you again, and I'll see you in the next one.